What's up, guys? We are coming to you live from the Gym Blueprint. This is the podcast for interviewing success. Thank you for joining our show today. Our conversation is with Savannah Vincent Thompson. And um, before we get into it, let me just say some things about why this podcast was created. So now coming from not very much experience and just having a real passion for the sport, we found ourselves struggling to find solutions, inspiration, and really just like the guidance to bring profit into our gym. Um, this is one of the many tools that we use to help gym owners, uh, coaches, managers, staff, office staff, anyone in our industry really, just to gain insight on growing themselves and their place of employment. So the Gym Blueprint offers everything we know and it's just a place where we can share our journey. Um, check us out at thegymblueprint.com and share this with your team. Uh, enjoy all the free content and things that you can download. Um, we have all that stuff for you all. And um, if you have any questions, please send them to podcast at thegymblueprint.com and we would love to answer them before our next show. Um, lastly, before we get into it, we have a special gift for those of you that stay to the end of the show. Um, we have a free download that just kind of discusses who is coachable. Uh, this is just a quick little document to help you gain a little insight to see if you truly are coaching your staff or if you're just wasting your time. Um, so if these words have ever come out of your mouth, uh, they just don't get it, they've heard it a thousand times, it doesn't seem to matter what we do, they don't seem to change, then you're definitely going to want to download this. So getting back into our guest, uh, let me just read off some of her accomplishments. Um, Savannah Vincent Thompson made her first national competition in 2000 for uh, TNT. Um, she was the first American to make the youth Olympic team for uh, tumbling and trampoline. Um, in 2011, she got seventh at Worlds, and um, she was uh, one of the reasons why uh, Team USA qualified to the Olympic Games in London. Um, now, after months of tough competition with her teammates, she ended up getting the spot out of six girls to compete in the London 2012 Summer Olympic Games. And um, yeah, she's just sharing her story with this. So not only is this our first interview of the show, but I think it's an amazing way to start it off. It's um, pretty awesome to have an Olympian do our very first show. In this discussion, Savannah takes us through her story from starting gymnastics, stopping gymnastics, going to the Olympics, and then transitioning into owning her own gym and her goals and um, vision for uh, her gym, Hang Time TNT. So you're definitely not going to want to miss this. Um, now, not all of our shows will be for athletes, but I believe that this one is definitely one to share. Um, please share this with your head coaches, your staff, your parents, and I even think your athletes. Um, I think there's some awesome value in this. So let's get right into it. Here is my interview with Savannah Vincent Thompson. All right, guys, so we are on with, um, we are speaking with Savannah Vincent Thompson, um, and she is going to be sharing some of her story with us here. So go ahead, Savannah, whenever you're ready. Okay, well, thank you, Becky. First of all, I would like to say it's, it's a huge honor for me to be able to speak with you guys and share my story. And um, hopefully this will allow 
some people to, to see their own vision and dreams and give them some motivation and inspiration to follow their own goals and dreams. So of course, in, in 2000, I started my career in gymnastics. Um, from my very first year of competition gymnastics, I knew I absolutely loved the sport. I had a extremely successful 13 year career. Um, a little bit of background on that. I competed at my first nationals in 2000 and I was able to take home the gold medal for power tumbling. So of course my, my um, events were power tumbling and trampoline gymnastics. So um, I, I followed that career all the way through my, four, my 13 year career and um, I had a, a, a lot of successful points there, but the, the first big success was, you know, my first year competing at the national championships. And um, that's kind of where the love of gymnastics and my heart grew uh, even bigger. It was just something that I absolutely was drawn to from day one. And, and I couldn't wait to get more and more of it as I fulfilled my journey through the sport. So um, basically throughout my career, I, I competed at several local competitions, um, state, national, regional, even international competitions. Um, but I would say when my career took a big turn, if you will, would be when um, my family and I moved to Texas in 2005. And I was 10 years old at the time. And um, I'm sorry, 11 years old. And I was, of course, you know, pre-teenage years. And I was very devastated that we were even relocating to Texas. I had a very good a platform in Louisiana where I had a, a, a great school I was going to. I had a lot of friends. I was right in the mix of um, starting to really get serious about my training. And um, of course, us moving to Texas meant that I had to give all that up. And the little town that we moved to in Texas did not actually have a gymnastics gym for me to go to. So one or two things would happen. I would either uh, give up my career and focus on something different, like more normal, um, whether it be a school sport or something involved with school. Or I would, my mom and I would have to be driving. The closest gym to us was um, Orange, Texas. It was about an hour and a half away. And then, of course, the, uh, the next place would be back to Louisiana. And so we did that drive for a couple of years. My mom and I, we would drive two to three days a week back and forth. It was about a two and a half hour drive one way. And um, just so I could finish my career and, and um, finish competing that year. And so we did that for a little while and it just was taking a huge toll on our family. And um, we were unable to financially make the trips and make that obligation. So of course I, I had to sit out a year of my career. And during that year I had time to focus on school and of course do other sports in school i ran track and i cheered and i played basketball and you know i did all that stuff in school and of course about five months into it that was just not enough for me my passion for gymnastics still was very very strong in my heart and i just was not ready to give up that easily so um i actually started talking with my parents about me moving back to louisiana and um, trying to fulfill a career over here and the the situation the financial situation and, and my parents opened their own gym also 
So just the situation my family was in, they were unable to move and relocate with me. So they 110% supported me moving back to Louisiana independently. Um, it was about a month before my 16th birthday. So I relocated back to Louisiana and um, I was able to get back into a, a stronger mindset of my career and of course finish school and everything um, back here in Louisiana. So of course with me living independently at such a young age that was a, a huge, um, I wouldn't say burden, but it was just a huge uh, challenge for me as a young athlete, a young student. Um, you know, there were days that were really tough. There were days that were hard. And, um, you know, it, it, it was some days I just wanted to pack all my stuff up and go back home to mom and dad because there were just days that I, I just didn't feel like I could continue to keep going. And, you know, I was tired, I was burnt out, or I was, mm. I was trying to juggle school and training. I was trying to fit in. And, you know, of course, I was born and raised in Louisiana. So for me, it was easy to, you know, know the streets and know the culture and things like that. But to be a 16-year-old kind of on her own, if you will. Yeah, that's I'm just amazing. really focused on gymnastics. For me, it was, it was tough some days, you know. I had hard practices. I was getting burnt out. You know, at that time, I came across a, co a quote that said, success in life comes when you simply refuse to give up with goals so strong that obstacles, failure, and loss only act as motivation. Now, of course, that's something that I even hold on to now as an adult because that is so true. At that moment in my life, I was so ready to just throw in the towel, go back home, be normal, be a normal 16-year-old, live at mom and dad's house, go to school, and just kind of enjoy those pleasures. Yeah. But I had a very strong goal and a mindset that was already made up before we even moved to Texas that I was going to make a career out of gymnastics. And, you know, there were days mom would just say, oh, just rest on it. Maybe tomorrow you'll wake up with a different mindset. And of course she was always right. I'd wake up the next morning and I was ready to go back to the gym or ready to go back to school and, and just complete what I had already made my mind up to do. Um, so of course, a little bit fast forward, that was um, when I was 16, about a year later, I. Um, had a very, very difficult season. Um, that following season after my move was just very difficult for me in gymnastics. Every competition that was what you would consider an important competition, whether it be a points meet or, um, you know, qualifying for national team or world age group team, any of those things, all those competitions that I competed at that year, I actually fell. So I was unable to perform at my best that whole year. And of course, so that added a huge, another kind of little burden there, if you will, to say that I was just not made out for this. Maybe I made a decision, spur of the moment, maybe it wasn't the right decision. And, and, um, and there were a lot of obstacles that came up that year that just almost all odds were against me, if you will, that I was just not made out for it and I just need to just go back home. But um, my last competition of the year, that was a national competition, I actually completed my routine and I was actually placed on the Youth Olympic team. I was the first American to compete for the sport of trampoline at the Youth Olympic Games and that was in 2010. That's awesome. So of course, 
that being said, that gave me a little bit of motivation there and a spark in my step, if you will, just to, to keep pushing that, you know, this was God's plan and God's vision for me to, to go on this world stage and perform. And, you know, if I was given that opportunity, then I was going to make the most of it. So I went to a world, I'm sorry, Youth Olympic Games and was um, able to place fifth overall uh, for the you know, America and that was just huge, you know. It wasn't my best performance, but that was my first time on that world platform. And it was, you know, just so so heartwarming to know that, you know, just a few months prior to me being placed on that team, I was really willing to just give up everything that I had put on the line to, to be able to get, get this far in my sport. And so um, it, it was a nice reminder that even on your bad days or your worst days, when you just feel like giving up, that you put that foot forward and you, you still start your day and you keep moving forward. Even if you only move an inch closer to your goal, you still went forward, you didn't go backwards. So that was that was just huge for me. So later in that year, I actually was placed as an alternate due to my um, not so successful year. I was placed as an alternate for the world championship team. I was one of the youngest members on the team at the time. And um, of course, unfortunately, one of my teammates actually got injured one week out of World Championships, which allowed me the opportunity to actually compete at World Championships instead of be a spectator. So that was another huge um, motivation there because I had been training and I'd been just working really hard. Um, because of course, with Worlds and being an alternate, if you're set as an alternate, um, you know, you, you're expected to not compete, but of course anything can happen. And, and if so, you need to be fully prepared to compete at that championships. Yeah. And so of course that is what happened in my case. Uh, one of my, my teammates got injured and they looked right at me and said, are you ready to compete? Because you're the next in line. And of course I placed 19th overall that year. I was uh, 17 at that world championships. And it was just so amazing just being on that world stage and, and being able to experience that with my other teammates and, you know, see that dream of mine just slowly come to life. It was, it was just absolutely amazing to just be placed on that stage. Well, fast forward um, a full year from there would have been the world championships prior to the London Olympic Games. And at that world championships, that was one of the biggest um competitions of the whole year for us as team usa because at the end of that competition they would announce which countries would receive a spot to compete the following summer at the 2012 olympic games so of course we had a very strong world championship team um and basically what they do is they the point system is a very very difficult point system to follow sometimes so basically to put it in short, if you place eighth place or higher um, as a country, meaning one of your athletes from the country placed eighth place or higher, you would receive a bid for yourself, or I'm sorry, for your country to have a spot in the, in the Olympic Games. So of course that world championships, that would be my second world championships. I was fortunate enough to place seventh overall which got United States a spot for the women's trampoline team. It did not necessarily mean that I would receive that spot, but it did mean that we actually 
person going to the Olympics next summer. We just didn't know who. Um, so after we placed that, uh, we were able to capture that spot. The next six six months would be basically everything that I'd been working for my whole life. At that moment, that is when I realized I'm really going to do this. I'm really going to have a shot at going to the Olympics. And, um, you know, of course, in that moment, you try not to get too excited because you're you're so close. You're less than, we were, I think, nine months out at the time of the decision of who's going to be going. And um, so you try not to get too excited because, you know, a lot of training, a lot of preparation needs to go into that. A lot of hard work, a lot of tears, a lot of sweat. Um, there was going to be a, a whole new mindset coming into the next few months uh, of my training. And um, so basically for how the United States does it for trampoline is when we qualified the spot starting in January, we would no longer be seen as Team USA, we would be seen as individual competitors, meaning the five girls I competed with at World Championships would no longer be my teammates, they would be my competitors. So um, we each individually competed at three Olympic trial competitions from January to June. And of course, it was based off of a point system. So basically, to put it in the easiest way I can, um, if you place first at all three competitions, you were a definite go. If you messed up one of those competitions, you could shatter your own dreams in a matter of 30 seconds. So of course, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. There was a lot of tension. Um, you know, not to not to forget that your teammates who you've been competing with most of your life are now your biggest competitors. So the same dream those girls had, I also had. And that meant at the end of all of it, one of us was not going to fulfill our dreams. And that was, that was, um, you know, that was very difficult for someone myself. You know, I'm a very humble athlete and, um, to go on that stage and compete against these girls that I call my sisters and, and look at them, you know, month after month and seeing them get so passionate and so worked up. And again, the tension was high. It, you know, that, that was, that was very difficult for me because I wanted them to do just as good as I wanted to do, you know, but at the end of the day, we only had one spot and that meant only one of us was going to get it. So of course, um, after the third trial, um, I was sitting, um, prior to the third trial, I was sitting in first by points because I had won the first and the second trial. And um, of course, the, the third trial, we did a, a preliminary round. And in that round, you competed one routine, a compulsory routine, which is your easier routine. The second routine, you competed an optional routine. And then two days later, you would go into the final round, which would be just one optional routine, which is the more difficult routine. And um, I will be honest, that final routine that I did was by far not even close to my best performance. Um, oh, my nerves were just all over the place. The tension was high. And I just knew if I did 10 skills that I would be able to capture that dream. Um, so I got on the trampoline, probably did one of the, um, I wouldn't say worse, but probably not the best routine I've ever done, for sure. And um, I remember getting off the trampoline. I felt like I was just going to collapse because in that, you know, 20-second routine, 
everything hung in the balance of if I was going to the Olympics or not. And um, so, of course, when I jumped off, my legs were jello. I mean, I felt like about 150 pounds was lifted off my shoulders. And I'll never forget looking at my coach. And he, he was a Russian coach, so he wasn't always the most sympathetic um, when it came to big competitions like that. I mean, he was always proud, but he never showed it a whole lot. So he looked down at me and he just softly kissed my forehead and he said, well, you did it. And I mean, immediately, of course, I, the tears started falling and because I knew exactly what that meant. Yeah. And uh, later that day, they asked, they, they kind of put me on the spot and they asked me to speak to the crowd that was there watching and waiting the results. And um, a lot of them had no idea, you know, they, they had no idea how the points worked. They didn't know the backside of everything. So um, when they had announced me as the 2012 Olympian, they asked me to give a little speech. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was kind of in shock because I wasn't prepared for that. But um, my natural instinct just grabbed the microphone and I turned around to those five <laughs> girls that were behind me. And I just spoke um, to them, you know, because ultimately by me accomplishing my dream, I was totally shattering theirs. And, um, you know, even today, I still get choked up over it because that was such a bittersweet moment for me. My heart was broken for them because I knew exactly what I was doing because I could not imagine being them standing in their yeah. position, looking at the new Olympian and knowing that I had another four years to keep working. Um, but I also was over the moon ecstatic and so excited because I was able to finally reach that goal that I've waited for all my life. Um, so of course I go to the Olympics and, um, I, I did a phenomenal job. I had a wonderful experience in London. It was definitely one for the books. I'll never forget, um, from start to finish. I mean, we, we were part of opening ceremonies and we, um, I had two, two weeks of training there. So I got to stay in the Olympic village and, you know, just the, from start to finish, the experience was just absolutely amazing. Um, everything I could have ever asked for and then some. And of course, my performance at the Olympics was just uh, one for the books, if you would, if you would say. Um, I was the first American to make it to the final round, which is a fire. So I ended up placing sixth overall. And that right there, you know, a lot of my kids that I teach, they ask me, well, Miss Savannah, how did you do at the Olympics? And they want to know if I got a medal. Did I get first place? And usually, of course, that's always the, the athlete and the coach in me to tell these kids it's not always about first place. Mm -hmm. Would I have been an Olympic champion? Absolutely. But my goal going into London was not to come home with a gold medal. It was to go and perform my very best and make every bit of the opportunity that I had. And by doing so, I was able to place sixth and I did make history for my country. And I was able to come home with you know, such a huge support system and, and fan base, if you will, back home in Louisiana. And it was just an amazing experience. And I, I cannot even describe it. Everybody asked me to describe it in words. And really, the, if you could see my face, I'm just smiling and I light up every time I talk about it because there's no words to describe being on the Olympic stage. There really aren't. Um, but again, it was a wonderful experience and, you know, something that I will never ever forget so 
Um, fast forward a little bit after the Olympics in 2014, I graduated from South Louisiana Community College with an associate in general studies. Of course, I had always dreamed of having my own gymnastics facility, but I was always too scared to start a new journey going from athlete to owning a company. And after a lot of prayer and much encouragement from my husband, like much, much encouragement from my husband, <laughs> I decided to dive in. Um, after all, I've always been a go-getter, and that is so true. From day one, i always been that type of person that, you know, tell me I can't, and I'm going to show you that I will, kind of person. Yeah. So I always strive to just do better and better for my own self and have personal growth. And this was a huge step for me, coming right out of college and saying, okay, yeah, let's open up a business. But, um, you know, I was terrified of how everything would fall into place, but I put my faith in God, and, and that would be the foundation for me to share my testimony and reach children and my employees and families in the community. So, of course, in June of 15, Hang Time TNT Gymnastics and Cheer Academy became a reality for us. We started renting in Karen Crew, Louisiana, and we're we grew quickly to 50 students. The facility I was in was quite small. So of course, once we hit 50 students, we were maxed out. And knowing mine and my husband's financial status, it seemed impossible for us to get a bigger location. But yet God again opened another door for us. And in April 16, we found a new home for hang time in Scott, Louisiana. Now that we had a new and bigger facility, we were able to have new and bigger goals, which of course would um, allow average to even special needs children from walking to young adult, the opportunity to set goals and dreams of their own, whether they be Olympic dreams or just learning how to be confident in themselves. It also allowed having this bigger facility allowed us to touch lives of the parents, children, and employees in our community and teaching them to change culture and leadership, whether it be from the bottom, whether you're opening the door to say hello or to the top, myself being an owner, um, which in return, we had newer and bigger obstacles to overcome because, you know, everything in life, you have an obstacle. I think it's not life unless you do have an obstacle to overcome because it's not really a story to tell. So of course, when um, we opened our doors in May of 15, um, we grew quickly. But that next year when we got into our new facility, which was April of 16, um, that was Olympic year. So come August was the Olympic boom, as everybody calls it. Uh, so hang time grew at a very rapid speed which meant we had to maintain the original vision, but also change um, our culture and um, how things were ran in the gym. You know, what worked for 50 kids did not work for 250 kids. So um, we, we just grew tremendously. We were blessed to get the Olympic boom in our first year, but um, I don't think we were quite ready for that. So that was a huge obstacle for us to overcome being business owners because we just were not at all expecting that kind of growth in a matter of months. Um, so of course that was one of our obstacles uh, opening the gym. But another obstacle was just hiring quality people. Um, when we started out, you know, 
my vision was to hire skilled employees that have whether they've done the sport or they've been at least introduced to gymnastics because they would make great teachers but I found out very quickly that that isn't always the case you know some skilled employees and and um, employees that have been introduced to gymnastics throughout their lifetime do make great employees but we found that sometimes they are not willing to conform to the cult in the facility or willing to take new insight on their training and how they're helping develop our children in the gym. So um, that was another big obstacle for me because, you know, in my mind, I had it all planned out and ready to go. And if anybody knows anything about me, I'm not a big surprise kind of person. I just need to have a plan and we roll with it. And um, so this was like a big surprise for me because it just wasn't working out with some of the staff that we had. So we learned, um, you know, by asking other gyms like you guys and um, other facilities in our area, uh, whether it be my mom's, my mom's facility, just people that have already kind of been down that road. And of course, the first thing they told us is you have to change your culture. You have to change the way things are running there and you have to make sure that's set in place before your employees can start changing. So we, we did, we, we started to change our culture in our facility and we saw a, such a drastic change in our employees, in our atmosphere in the facility, with our, um, our parents and children coming in each week. We saw them just completely do a 360. You know, we started a training program for our employees to, to keep on top of what they're learning and are they growing. Um, you know, that's something that we didn't have when we opened our doors to begin with. And um, so we saw a huge 360 there. That was one obstacle that we were able to overcome. And of course, awesome. one huge obstacle for me was learning to delegate to my instructors and program directors so that I could instill their proper training and be more of a manager in a leader role rather than just trying to wear everybody's hats. Yeah. You know, I was trying to do everything myself and I had the people there and, and the tools there and I just had to submit and say, I'm, I'm willing to let you guys help me. And um, I'm, I'm okay stepping back and taking a breather and letting you guys try it out. You know, and, and that was huge for me because I'm, I'm a very um, perfectionist, if you will. Um, of course, I'm far from perfect, but I like to run things how I make it in my mind and how I set it in place. I think that I can just, you know, in other words, be superwoman. And I'm far from superwoman. So learning to delegate to my instructors and my staff, and that was very difficult for me. And I can honestly say once I finally stepped back and have allowed them to take responsibility and have some sort of leadership there, I've seen my gym just take a complete turn for the better. And at first, I was afraid to do that. I was afraid to let them take charge and so that, that was huge. And, and just seeing that whole system in the gym change, you know, from me being stressed out and trying to carry everything to allowing them to do some, some kind of work for me and, and allow them to come up with their own opinions and ideas and, and give them to me. Is everything perfect? By far, it's not perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. But at the end of the day, I am allowing them to, to grow and yeah. have their own personal growth rather than me just kind of, um, 
I guess, micromanage, if you will. Right, but, yeah. You know, yet, you do something, but I still have to keep looking and watching and making sure you're doing your, your job. You know, we've all come together as a team, and because all because I just allowed allowed my own self to step back, and I'd started delegating and letting them help me, you know. So, um, of course, we have been on this wonderful journey of being a business owner um, for about 15 months now. And I'm proud to say that Hang Time has grown to almost 400 kids, and we're steadily growing clients and employees. And of course, with this tremendous growth, we still have daily obstacles. I believe that's, you know, if you don't have obstacles to keep motivating you and yeah. keep pushing forward, you, you don't have much uh, to look forward to, whether it be career-oriented or school-oriented, um, you know, relationship relationship oriented whatever it may be if there's not some kind of obstacle there you're just going to stay put in that comfort zone of never growing past um what you're already at you know so i think obstacles should be seen as a positive thing rather than you know um rather than a sign of uncertainty or failure you know they need to be seen as a sign of success because if you don't have problems and you're not growing so um I've seen firsthand how, how far hard work and perseverance has taken me all of my my life, whether it be as an athlete or as a business owner. And I'm happy to say that I've been forced to stick to my truest values I've always possessed, and that's God, drive, and passion. So I hope my story has helped influence many of you out there, whether you're a business owner or you're just an instructor, um, you all have this amazing opportunity called life and it's up to you to make the most of it so again thank you all for this wonderful and amazing opportunity and i hope i've inspired you all to have the confidence and courage to pursue your own goals or dreams whether they be big or small wow that was an awesome story i had read some of that stuff but it's so like you were saying earlier it's so much different like listening um to you kind of take us through it. And uh, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was um, on challenges. And I mean, you, you talked to us a lot of, of um, about a lot of the challenges that you went through uh, being so young, but would you say that there's maybe one in particular that you feel um, was kind of like the, the make it or break it challenge of, um, of your career really of, uh, as an athlete? So my biggest challenge would be, I think I briefly touched on it um, in my story, but it would definitely be that whole season that I had of just failures and setbacks um, in my career of gymnastics. Um, you know, of course, that whole season I didn't complete a whole routine. And in the sport of trampoline, if you fall or you mess up, you don't get to continue your mm -hmm. routine from where you left off. Yeah. Simply just salute back and, you know, it could be a – two-second ordeal or it could be a 20-second ordeal um Crazy. and by you know by going through that setback I was just so over the top I had just moved um from Texas to Louisiana so mm -hmm. that was already hard enough and then to throw in the mix of just a very unsuccessful career year in the sport it just it was it was not fun I mean there were so many times I just wanted to quit I in, in the back of my mind, I thought I was wasting my time, that I wasn't cut out for any of it, um, that maybe I had just made the wrong decision to 
to uproot from my family and pursue this dream that would never happen. I mean, I got in my own head a lot and just kind of started beating my own self up because, of course, you know, I wasn't the most talented kid um, in, in the gym. I was not your most talented athlete. I was not that kid that when you saw her walk in the door, she had it going for herself, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the odds were against me because I, I didn't show that natural raw talent. And um, But of course, you know, I, every day I would go home frustrated, tears, ready to just give it all up. And each morning I'd wake up and remind myself why I did this and still in the back of my mind I did have a dream and I had a goal and I was not going to give up that easily mm-hmm. and think didn't because I'm where I am now today because of it yeah and I'm what would you say you like would draw the most inspiration out of in times like that what would you turn to well of course my faith I have a very big uh, strong faith mm-hmm. but there's that but I also um I was encouraged to start journaling, and um, that is something that I I do even to this day, because there is going to be days that you have trials and tribulations, and 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 you feel like I said a while ago, all the odds are against you, you know, and a lot of times you can be your own worst enemy. Yeah, um, your own mind can be. You know, you're gonna mentally beat yourself up over the littlest things because that's what we as humans do. We just, you know, we're not made to be perfect every single day. So I started journaling a lot. I, um, I, I'm a very big quotes person, of course. I would refer to scripture, but there were times where I would, I would look up a, a quote or I read a lot of books and um, I'd find that one quote that just stood out to me. And maybe it was the quote of the week, maybe it was the quote of the month, um, depending on the circumstance and where I was at at that time. But I journaled everything. Um, just to like get that release out of my own mind and off of my own shoulders, writing it down on paper just helps release that. And just, you kind of get rid of the crud, if you will. Um, so the next morning you can wake up feeling refreshed, even if you didn't sleep well, because you've already put it on paper. You're done with that day. Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a whole new light. And there's a whole plan set in place for all of us from beginning of our lives. And you know, if we just give up that easily, nobody would go anywhere in life. You know, if we just gave up because we had that one bad day or that one bad week or that one bad year, you know, um, I think if we just see past that and beyond that to believe in our own selves enough to say that I'm going to be better tomorrow than I was today, then I, I'm going to be successful no matter right. what I put my mind to. Right. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and then, so you took us through, like, your career as an athlete, and then you kind of showed us the transition from um, athlete to owner. What traits and or skills do you feel that you used as an athlete that um, you've been able to carry into uh, running a facility? So, of course, uh, I, I would say the, the first few things would be my drive and my determination and, of course, my passion for the sport. Um you know, a lot of times, uh, especially in my story, I was afraid to take on these new challenges because I um, always seen as if what happens if I don't fulfill that dream or don't fulfill that goal. So a lot of times, and even from something I learned in gymnastics was let the fear be your driving force. 
because a lot of times people give up on certain things because they're just too afraid to step forward and say, yeah. I'm going to give it a shot. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot no matter if I fail or I am successful. You never know until you try. Um, you know, so a lot of what I've learned in gymnastics and, and having that drive and that determination there to say that, you know, back to, again, I wasn't the talented kid. So I had to have that determination to say, I'm going to show you guys. And if not you guys, I'm going to at least show my own self that I'm better than what you say I am. I'm yeah. not just average. I am something different. And, um, of course, we have that even in our gym as our culture. And that's something that we strive to give our kids week after week and our employees week after week is just to have that determination and that passion to be that driving force there. Even if you are a little afraid, you never know until you try. And if we don't accomplish exactly what we we look forward to in that time of us trying, we find those gaps and we find those things where we can build ourselves back up and maybe try it again, but a little bit different this time. And so that's, I learned, you know, being in the sport for almost 14 years. Yeah. Learn, you know, kind of once you're a gymnast, you're always a gymnast. <laughs> kind of yeah. things. Um, all of those values and morals that were taught to me as an athlete, I push daily in my own life. Sometimes I have to wake up and give my own self a pep talk just because. <laughs> yeah. You know, to face the day that day. <laughs> so um, I think those are the biggest things that I have is, is just that determination and passion to say that I'm willing to, to wake up and start a whole new day today and um, put my best foot forward and be better than I was the day before. You know, that's kind of my motto is if I'm not, you know, and of course there's days I fall short of that. I mean, there's sometimes weeks I fall short of that. But if I remind myself every day to put that best foot forward and say I'm going to be better than I was yesterday, then in my eyes, I, I cannot fail because um, I'm just trying to, to push forward and, and be be something totally different than anybody else out there. Yeah, I liked how you said that you're you're trying to be um, like better than average. Which obviously, being an Olympian, you're you you kind of have already accomplished that. But um, you hang time has been open for 15 months now. Um, you guys have grown from 50 to 400 what are some of your goals as an owner like what's the what's the dream with with hang time of course ultimately the dream is you know i i have such a huge passion for children um if i have like 500 kids and take them all home with me yeah i really do it because i just love children um they're just such precious individuals but not only the children you know i just love people um i love meeting new people and, and ultimately, our goal with Hang Time is, you know, to instill those morals and values that I've just talked about throughout my story into our families and our children and um, our coworkers, employees, you know, instill all of that that I've carried in my life to help them accomplish their dreams and goals, whether they be just getting their confidence up to, you know, if they have Olympic journey dreams, you know, just helping them be that driving yeah. force to say that you can and you will. So don't give up just because you fell short that day. You know, keep pushing forward. You're going to get there. And you are something special. You are something to be looked at as a precious jewel. And, and don't ever forget that. You know, we meet a lot of families and a lot of kids in our gym week after week that 
sometimes don't get those kind of pep talks and, and encouragement at home. So myself and my staff, that's one of those things that we do is we make them feel like they are something, even for that hour recreational class a week. Yeah. They are so excited to see us and so excited to tell us about their life and their journey and their school days and whatever it may be. Yeah, the little things. We're forced there to say that you are something important, you Mm -hmm. are something special, and you can do anything that you put your mind to. And so we're kind of like that um, encouragement for those kids and those families to say that I see you struggling, but you're going to get there. Yeah. And I'm up on you because you got to believe that yourself before I or the gym or your mom or your dad stops believing in you because you're too close and you just don't see it yet, you know? So we, that is one of the things that, um, that's a huge goal for in time is to make sure that our kids feel special and important. And of course, long-term, I would love to have multiple facilities all across Acadiana here in Louisiana. Um, and of course, maybe even, uh, you know, one day, in other states, it would be nice maybe to have a few locations in other states because, you know, we are the face for these children. Yeah. Um, they're our future. And, you know, the way the world is nowadays, it, it would be wonderful to just see these kids come together as a whole. And if that's something that we help them understand in life, then we've done a great job, even if we never taught them forward roller cartwheel. Yeah. We've taught them about life, you know. Yeah, and I, I, love, I love that about our industry, that we have the opportunity to do something like that um, in kids' lives. Well, yeah. Um, our way to really give back to the community yeah. the best way we know how to. You know, if we're good at teaching gymnastics or we're good with speaking with children, then this is, in my opinion, this is our way to give back to them because they deserve that. Yeah, that's... Totally, totally true. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. I think that's, I mean, just kind of hearing everything that you went through at such a young age, um, living on your own, leaving your family at 15 just to chase your dream. I'm sure everyone else hearing that, including myself, just feels like, man, we can do anything um, thanks to to you sharing that kind of stuff with us. So I definitely thank you. Um, and... Yeah, we look forward to maybe having a, a follow-up and just kind of getting to know more about what um, Hangtime is up to and and the growth that Hangtime is going to be going through here in a few months. Absolutely. Well, I, I truly appreciate you giving me this opportunity. And, um, you know, like you said, I, I hope it has inspired many people to just keep going, even when they want to quit, just to keep going and, and um It'll be rough, but you'll get there. So thank you for allowing me this opportunity to speak back. Wow, what a story. If you weren't touched by that, then I don't know what will. That was amazing to hear her share her challenges and just everything that she had to overcome and how she still managed to come out on top, make that dream of hers come true, aside from everything that was stacked against her. That's true inspiration right there. So a big thanks goes out to Savannah for taking the time to share, not just with us, but with um, allowing us to just share this with everybody. And um, in the hopes of just inspiring others and just helping maybe inspire staff, kids, really anyone. I mean, I think that was just an amazing story. 
So thank you all so much for listening to today's show. Um, again, I know this is a story that can help not only owners, gym managers, coaches. I um, even think athletes and maybe some parents of athletes. Like just really show them that it doesn't matter what challenges or circumstances you're in if you put your heart into it if you buckle down and face those challenges head on who knows what you can accomplish um i wanted to finish off by saying how proud we here at the gym blueprint are of savannah and chris and really all the staff at hangtime tnt out in scott louisiana um over the past few months it's been so much fun to just watch them grow as a gym grow their staff their organization as a whole. I think a lot of us can relate to some of the struggles, just like what Savannah shared with us. So if anybody out there is looking for help in the growth area, please reach out to us. We would love to help you build, not just for your gym, but for your leaders, for your kids, and for the industry as a whole. Send us an email. Um, we just love to get in touch with you. You can reach us at info at thegymblueprint.com. And yeah, we're here to help. Um, once again, thanks so much for tuning in. And as promised, we do have a surprise for you. Those of you that stuck it out with us, we have prepared a PDF to help you, help your leaders, your staff, um, just to learn to be more coachable or to figure out who is coachable or, or who's not. You know, there's plenty of people out there that are just not ready for it. And no matter what you do, um, it's just not their time to grow. So. I think um, it's a huge time saver to be able to identify um, who is ready and who's not. And all you've got to do to get the information is go to www.thegymblueprint.com slash free stuff and enter our secret password podcast. Um, you'll have the opportunity to download this file. It's definitely helped us in our organization um, bring up leaders and just really dive into coaching our people instead of managing them so thanks one more time for tuning in we really hope that you got value out of this and we are definitely looking forward to our next interview of success so stay tuned and we'll see you all next time